So if you're listening to this, you are probably a high performer. Yes, you fill my sweet spot. High performers are those people that I love having conversations with, but also helping to ground you. Before we get into this interview with Jillian Tedesco, and I am so grateful to have met such an amazing person, entrepreneur, but also such a grounded individual. When I listen to this interview, she reminds me of what it is that we as entrepreneurs and high performers sincerely need. We do need to take time for ourselves. We need to pause in the morning, midday, or end of day to do those things that feed our soul, give us energy before we can give energy back to others. So it is 6 (laughs) a.m. I am still drinking my first two cups of coffee and looking at my week, looking at my day, and what do I need to get done right now in order to build the Drop-In CEO community. So it is a little bit of reflection. It is thinking about what message I want to share with you. I also journal (laughs) and reflect as well as I may be puttering in the kitchen this morning and thinking about the meals that I'm going to prepare for the day. All of those things feed my soul because there is an element of creativity. Because when we invest in ourselves first, we can then invest in the uh, people that we serve. So just think about that. Again, I love you. As a high performer, you try to get everything done in a very short amount of time. And no, I cannot promise you an extra couple hours in your day. But what you can do is find the discipline and time you need to invest just a few minutes in yourself so you're grounded and you're prepared to make a difference for your day. So let's listen to this amazing interview snippet with Julian Tedesco. And I do hope you stay for the entire episode. It is so filled with insights and inspiration. The people is the challenge. You know, you've got a lot of different personalities and it's keeping everybody happy, but being fair, being ethical, but being inspirational. I always say it's keeping the chi good. My job is to manage the chi. That is getting rid of the cancers. That's bringing in enthusiastic people. It is improving the culture. It's noticing those things. It's acknowledging my people that I have currently now. For me, it's constantly like trying to keep everybody happy, but also like a big challenge for myself is just keeping myself grounded and in a good state. And I've really had to learn that my quiet time is what sustains me personally. So I read and write a lot, like almost every day I'm reading the word and I'm journaling. And It's really like my therapy because when I'm studying the word, I'm learning about purpose and value and it's just grounding me even more. So I'm so grounded in my faith now. I just try to keep that sustained because that is what sustains me through all of this roller coaster ride. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO. I have the distinct pleasure week after week speaking to amazing business leaders and experts and bring their insight and inspiration to you. 
So if you like this podcast, and I know you will, please subscribe, rate, review, tell others so we can continue to bring you more amazing guests. But now it is my honor to share the mic with my amazing guest. Her name is Jillian Tedesco. She is a Christian mom, wife, certified chef, founder and CEO of Fit Flavors, a fitness lover and golfer. Jillian's business, Fit Flavors, is located in St. Louis, where they prepare fresh meals for health-conscious, busy people and with five locations and an e-commerce offer that comes to home deliveries. She is in the process of publishing her first book, I'm so excited, April 2022, called Owning the Weight. She's the author of the Tough Love from Jillian newsletter and blog and is the host of Owning the Weight podcast. More than anything, Jillian wants to help people understand that living a healthy lifestyle is ongoing and it is not a diet with a deadline. Jillian, it is my pleasure to welcome you onto the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and have this conversation. Yeah. So for my listeners, Jillian is such a cool person. We had an amazing discovery call. She is a vibrant individual. She is a mom. She is a woman of faith. She has such passion. And the reason why this was so important to bring her conversation and story to you is that she just has this grit and this tenacity and this passion to know what is right for the world and right for her and her family and bring this offer forward and reach and impact so many people. So you're going to get a lot of important insight and life lessons from her story. So without further ado, I would love for you to share more about yourself personally and the work that you do. Thank you. So a little bit about myself. I actually, I was a college dropout. So I thought that was, you know, right for me at the time. And what's funny is that actually was an insecurity I had for many years because I didn't graduate college. But I got really into fitness, became a personal trainer. I think I was training by the time I was 18, went on to get certified in nutrition, exercise therapy. I was all in. I opened my own first personal training studio by the time I was 22. Um, I did that for three years before I had a falling out with my partner, which kind of was the most pivotal point in my life because at that time, you know, I thought I was on top of the world. I was 25 with my own business, um, working for myself. But yet there was this little thing inside of me because I wasn't really happy when I was there. And I wasn't, I wasn't feeling fulfilled like I was living to my true potential. And I didn't even really know what true potential was or having a purpose was yet because I'd never done any personal development or soul searching at that point. And what happened after walking away from the business was... I really fell into a bad spot. It's where you start letting all the fear and anxiety creep into your life because of a failure. And I became victim of that for some time and started having full-on anxiety attacks every night. And I'm thinking, why why am I feeling like this, you know? And I can say now I know because I've been through it, but I was just internalizing this fear of not being successful. I've always had very high expectations for myself. I like to finish first. I'm super competitive. So like having no job and no business and my ego crushed left me feeling empty. And it it was a anxiety attack turned panic attack, thinking I had a heart attack, ended up calling 911, put me in, myself in the hospital. True story. As when I laying in the hospital bed is when I had a moment where I said, God, if you're real, show me. God, if you're real, help me. That was it. That was my prayer. And that's really what got me seeking and realizing that I needed to look inward to figure out what my why was in life and what my purpose was going to be. And I, I had never really asked myself those questions before. And what happened thereafter really is 
the most beautiful part of my story. And it's really when God swooped in and he came and walked that journey with me. And over the next year, I I was able to get off my anxiety medicine and I just created a piece in my life through creating a spiritual discipline, which was spending time in the word with, with him and getting guidance and learning about my values. And from that time, the anxiety started to diminish and my confidence started to rise and I started to follow what I wanted to do. And I always loved food and nutrition. It was always a passion of mine, but I suppressed it because as, when I was working and owning a gym, I just never thought that I could do something different. And now that I had all this free time, I think I was part-time training at a gym. I decided to re-enlist and go to culinary school. And that was the beginning of my journey. And did I have plans to start this new big business? No, but it just kind of happened. And I definitely say I've, I've, I've walked in faith through the, the past 12 years as this has all happened. And it's kind of brought me where I am today. Beautiful story. There's so many insights in that. And thank you for sharing all of that. But what was that thing about it just happened? Because I too, I'm on a journey. I'm doing the stuff that I'm passionate about, but I'm looking from that spark, that signal from the universe, that whatever it is, what was it that started then snowballing and becoming the business that you have now? Well, I mean, honestly, like again, like I was never driven to, to have a big business. That wasn't the plan. The plan was. I really just wanted to help people eat better because, you know, I was personal training still. And even going back to culinary school, I, I was still personal training during the week. And then it really started as on the weekends, I started meal prepping for my clients. I mean, it started with 32 Tupperware and four people. Like that is how my business started. And it brought me so much joy to help these people eat better because I, it's everybody's fault. Like when they're, they're coming to the gym and they're trying to get results is they just can't make a lifestyle change and start cooking and work out and live their life. It's just so, it's so much for somebody. And when I could come in and say, look, like I will help you know what to eat. I will provide it for you. And here, I'll just cook it for you. Just reheat it. It, it was solving so many issues for people. And I got fulfilled because I got to express my creative, my creativeness, like through designing the meals. And then I took all the nutrition science that I had learned previously in the 10 years and I was applying it to how I was creating the meals. So I like to say fit flavors is nutrition science meets culinary. And I, I really believe it's one of the differentiator factors of our business today. And being the founder of the company, I have done every job at this, this business. So like from delivery driver to food packager, to cook, to dishwasher, to sales associate, to community, community coordinator, to brand ambassador, like I've, I've got to see every aspect of the business. So making sure that those two factors never suffer and that our macros and our nutrition is, is super aligned and correct and up to date. And then the culinary and the chef inspired and the flavors, all of that, they merge together so well. That's where my passion is. And when I was able to do that, it just didn't feel like work. And so that's where it just started to snowball because I just would do more and I was helping more people, except there was just more employees involved. And like, you know, I, I feel like God even put my husband in my life because he's such a yin to my yang. Like I'm the, the big butterfly, the big, like loud person that's kind of goofy and I'm super creative. And then my husband's like very type A, very, very thought through, very like numbers driven and just organized. And, and so like, he, he keeps me in my lane. So like through the growth of the company, he's always been a great support system for me from afar. And 
he's kind of given me the courage to keep going and to keep going, you know, because at first, like, I remember when we first started talking about opening the first brick and mortar, I was like, I don't want to own another business, but letting that fear go and, and just trusting the process. I took, I took the first step to open the first store. And then thereafter, we just kept going. <laughs> so I could go in so many different directions, but before we jumped on here, letting my listeners know, we were talking about that significant other in our life that was kind of like voice of reason. We might not always like what we hear because this is our baby, but you know what? Sometimes we may not like what we hear, but we have to pause and then respond to the intention. They simply care about us and they want to see us succeed. But what's really, first of all, for people can't see you right now, but your energy and when you're speaking about the passion, the purpose, you are in your zone. So it is just so prevalent in the way it comes out through you and all of your media, even your videos on your website. They're absolutely amazing. But I want to understand, you know, you're changing the lives of people. But from those initial meals that you were making for your clients, what did they say? What was the impact on them for which that fueled you to know to keep on going? So first of all, it was just one, they loved the way it tasted and they were like, this is just so great. Um, Of course, I had so many people who were getting results off the meals, just like seeing weight loss, if that was their goal. And they spread the word for me. I got so much of my business through referrals. So I think probably the first year, I mean, since I was in culinary school, I, I didn't really promote it so much. Everything was word of mouth. So I started to get a lot of referrals. But then once I got out of culinary school, I said, I'm going to try to grow this thing. And so I joined a very large, a large gym in St. Louis that has thousands of members. And I said, this is, this is a platform that I'm going to use to try to gain clients. And in the two years that I was there, I grew the business so much to where I was at one point cooking like 650 meals out of my home kitchen on a Saturday. And my husband's like, Jillian, this is taking over our life. You have got to get this out of our house. Like it was a whole, it was like a five day process. It took me to organize this. And remember I said, I didn't go to college. So like Excel's like, I didn't even know what Excel was. So like everything was done on paper, like down to every, every check or cash that you gave me. I, I, I had everything organized like on paper um, to all my menus were, were written on, I actually emailed the menus out, but like all the correspondence was done through email and text. And then I organized everything on a poster board instead of in a spreadsheet. And I used that poster board all weekend to organize all the clients and their meals and where they lived and how much of everything they got. I laugh. I still have the poster boards today. I will always keep them. I'm like, if my company knew <laughs> this is what I did, they would laugh at me. That's, that's really, that's really how it started, you know? And I just knowing that they were getting the benefit is really what it just kept fueling the fire. So the beautiful thing is that your story is that you're continuing to grow and hire people so that you can get a little bit out of the business and the poster boards, though I'm sure they're fond memories, but you exude this culture. You are so laser focused. Your messaging is so clear. I love the small businesses because it's, it's so important, the culture that you are portraying, but how do you assure that as you grow, that culture continues throughout the organization, even if you can't personally connect with each person and ensure it's sustainable? How do you do that? Yeah. Okay. So I can give you two examples. In fact, because I'm doing it right now. So I obviously have a leadership team and we met back in January and February and really set the objectives for 2022. And hearing the feedback, we kind of table everything, then come up with the objectives and set the metrics for each one. And the number one company objective this year is improve company culture and employee engagement. And 
you know, it's like, it's crazy that that's a number one focus, but like at the same time, I'm like, if, if our culture and our engagement doesn't elevate with the business growth, you're going to separate yourself so far that you're going to be, it's going to be hard to, to remend that connection. So you have to almost like re-elevate it as the business has grown because our business has really grown in the last two years. I mean, the pandemic, the pandemic actually worked in our favor because people wanted healthy and they wanted delivery and we do both, but we grew so fast. Like you blink your eyes and you look back and you're like, oh my God, we have 20 more people working here. I don't even know some of these people. Like how do you re-engage the employees so they can feel like they are a part of that growth? So that is one. And then two, like I just spoke with my manager the other day. I'm like, we need to redo our PTO policy. Like it was what I could afford when I was little and now we're bigger. Like let's vamp this thing up. Let's get better candidates. So we just added a ton of of like perks to the PTO policy and like the benefits and stuff like that. So what I so, so love about this is I have seen this as organizations grow. They may start with a can-do culture in the beginning, but as they grow, they may talk about it. But when you go down to the rank and file, you don't feel it. It's often heads down just to the work. And what you have done that's so different, or I hope other leaders listen to this, or aspiring C-suite leaders as you move up in the organization, is what are the leading and lagging indicators that are used in your strategy? Often people will say, I want X amount of sales. I want this kind of service level, this kind of inventory, et cetera. And those are actually lagging indicators based on the work you do. But what's so important is the capability of the people, the alignment to the purpose, the culture. So if you can measure and set targets for culture and engagement, the people are going to carry you and achieve those results. That's what leadership be doing. Those are leading indicators. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the culture really is like, if, if you can create a place where people are excited to work, they're going to do the work for you. Like if people are coming in because they're just trying to check a box and they're just trying to get a paycheck, it's a totally different employee than one that's engaged and feels valued. I mean, so some of our metrics for that objective are to have so many outings we even did break off outings for every department. So like each manager is given a budget to take their employees out and spend money on them and just to get them engaged as a small team and then a larger team and then obviously the whole company as a team. So we've set a lot of different things to, to where it'll work all the way down and everybody can feel the impact of it. So I love your passion. I love your culture. This appears to me what is working quite well for you. And obviously, you have a product that serves the needs for people, both physically and I think emotionally as well. I think you have that connection. But as a growing business owner, what are your challenges? What keeps you up at night? So I love the people, but the people is the challenge. You know, you've got a lot of different personalities and it's like keeping everybody happy, but being fair, being ethical, but being inspirational. Like it's it's a balance of how to, I always say it's keeping the chi good. Like my job is to manage the chi. So that is getting rid of the cancers. That's bringing in enthusiastic people. It is improving the culture. It's noticing those things. It's acknowledging my people that I have currently now. So like, I'm a big believer in the five love languages. So like, if I can speak a love language to somebody and, and I know what my, my leads love languages are, whether it's words of affirmation, acts of service, I'm going to serve them in that way through work. And it's just going to speak louder. So I'm connected enough to know, to know those type of things, but it's a con for me, it's constantly like trying to keep everybody happy, but also like a big challenge for myself is just keeping myself grounded and in a good state. And I've really had to learn that like my quiet time 
is what sustains me personally. So I read and write a lot, like almost every day I'm reading the word and I'm journaling and it's really like my therapy probably. And it's not even all just like emotional stuff. It could be what I'm studying that I'm writing about because when I'm studying the word, like I'm learning about purpose and value and it's just grounding me even more. So I'm so grounded in, in my faith now that like, I just try to keep that sustained because that is what sustains me through all of this like roller coaster ride, <laughs> you know? So I'm so curious about you've built a business now, but where is it going? Obviously, you're getting ready for the next year, meeting with leadership, setting clear objectives, goals, et cetera. A couple of years from now, what are we going to be talking to Jillian about? Oh my gosh. So, well, we're in a predicament right now where we've kind of out, outgrown our current production facility. Um, we're in a lease for a couple more years, but it's going to stunt our growth. So we need to get out of there. So I really need to build us a new state-of-the-art production facility. And it's crazy to say that because, you know, when I opened the first location, it was in the back of a strip mall, you know, like, I think it was probably like a 1500 square foot kitchen. Over the years, I've band-aided it, band-aided it, band-aided it. We bought the bay next to it. Then we bought the bay next to that. And we keep adding walk-in coolers. Like I have six walk-in coolers currently at our production facility and I'm adding a seven outside in the back of the parking lot for our, our, our vendors to make a food delivery in because we don't have any space or we're just so busting at the seams. So getting us into a space that gives us plenty of room, I think it would be re-engaging for everybody to have a new, clean, up-to-date place to work. So that's going to be a massive investment in the company's future. So I see that in the next two, two, two to three years. And then from there, the plan is hopefully... <laughs> Uh, to branch out into another another city. Because I'm looking at your website and it's like, oh, you're only in St. Louis. And it was like your website, again, the video production to portray what does your production look like, the happy people working your facility and oh my, the amazing meals. It's like, how can we get more of that? And again, I'm, you know, <laughs> you haven't paid me to say that, but I'm just saying there's something about what you do. And there are many food service businesses out there, people, as you say, the pandemic, people want good food, you know, home delivered or easy access. How do you compete or are you not concerned about competing? So I can, I can definitely speak on this. And, you know, as I've been 12 years into this business, I have more confidence saying this. When I started off, like I didn't have the confidence. And I, I can say that like you just, when you're starting off, you're just not as secure in yourself. And you know, I'm I'm out of town right now when I'm recording this podcast and there is a competitor here in town and I went in and I I checked it out and I was really disappointed at the girl working there. When I walked in, she had her head down on the counter and you know, she's like, "Oh, hey." And I was like, "Oh, hi. It's my first time in." She's like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> that was it. And so one, the customer service like you know, and I'm looking for those things because I would never want someone to experience that when they came into a Fit Flavors. Our associates are trained to welcome you and to, one, find out why you're there because some people come in for convenience. Some people come in for a dietary need. It's their job to figure that out so they can make the proper recommendations and get you the resources that you need. When I had asked her a couple of questions about the cooler and the meal specifics, her response wasn't negative demeanor, but it was a negative response to my question. And I thought, oh my gosh, what would the owner think if he knew you were responding to me like that? And there was probably four incidences where she said things where I was just like, (laughs) and (laughs) so one, the training that we have on the front line for our associates is what sets us apart. When you go into 
a Chipotle, a Crazy Bowls, a Panera, like those type of places, those are in St. Louis. I don't know what type of service you're getting, but ours is going to be better and different and more. We're going to be better resources. We're going to have a connection with you. We're going to know your name. We're going to welcome you. I mean, if you come in regularly, we're going to know what smoothie you get. So that right there, I believe, is what sets us apart. And then when you come into a deeper, a deeper look at the business, I think it goes back to what I said before, is really combining the nutrition science with the culinary. I think a lot of the competitors miss on one of those two points. Either their macros don't align, maybe their sodiums are their sodium is out of whack or the macros are not properly balanced or the the company is jumping on all these fads and using marketing terms like keto and paleo and it's okay if the whole business is wrapped around that but i notice a lot of them will just throw those terms and like we as a company we don't do that we do not con- confuse the consumer with dietary fads how we differentiate ourselves is we have our own philosophy that is backed by science. And that is what we preach. We preach the 80-20 balance, which is sustainable. We preach quality ingredients balanced with the mac- all macronutrients in portion control. And that is how our meals are set up. We don't believe in restricting and we believe in flavor. You should not be eating cardboard. So like <laughs> there's that science and that culinary that come together. And like I said, me doing both, I'm pouring that passion and that expectation to the people that run those things now at Fit Flavors. You are so full of passion here. I, I, it's, it's infectious. I love it here. I mean, I wish you could see Jillian now. She is just just so energetic and passionate about what she's doing, and it 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 rubs off. But you sparked a question for me that you said in the beginning you weren't confident, and I want to relate this to people listening about whether it's a new role or a business venture, developing a new skill, a new organization. And you said in the beginning you weren't confident. How long did it take for you to say, okay, I've arrived, I feel confident. What did that look like for you? Because I want people to understand it's okay not to feel confident knowing it's a journey and there will be a turning point. What was that like for you? Yeah, you know, and it really just comes with time and experience. You almost have to come back from some really crappy situations to have some some grit, you know, like coming back from losing my business and starting another one. I mean, it's my story. I share it all all the time. I'm sharing it on this podcast. Like it is a story to inspire people that you you can come back. But then the confidence, here's another example in business cards. And one of the guys on my team was like, is yours gonna say CEO? And I'm like, no. I didn't even see myself as a CEO because I was like, I don't deserve that title. Like I just put founder and owner on my business card. I didn't till it was just a couple of years ago did I rightfully feel like I've completely elevated myself personally and professionally to even deserve that title. So like that was another like insecurity. I just didn't want to put a name because so many people just stack that behind their name. And I'm like, what have you done? You know, and like just thinking about like, do I need a business coach? And I remember my husband saying, Jillian, you have been through more than people are going to ever coach you on. Like you should be coaching them. And it was just this confidence that I lacked. And honestly, it's just, it took some time for me personally. and. I will say it took some personal development. I um I remember reading a book by I think it was Angela Duckworth. It, it was called um, Mindset, and it's all about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And once I understood that perspective that I was holding myself back with a fixed mindset around business, I just I let go. I was so able to embrace. You know what? I didn't go to college. That's who I am. And you know what? I'm I am resourceful. 
I can figure it out. I have figured it out until now. And I, it gives me this edge. Now I embrace it. Before I was embarrassed by it. Now I embrace it. So it's just a different perspective in time. Yeah. Very, very, very inspiring. And I think it's good just to be, uh, have that humility to know, yeah, it's not all wonderful. <laughs> We hit these lowish points for which then we have to pull ourselves out. But I'll share too. I mean, I hit a low point, but it took some time and some war wounds and loved ones and walking and reading and writing. I remember my children saying to themselves, hey, is mom okay? She's walking a lot. I mean, I was walking like 10 miles a day. I just needed to walk and get through it and then say, I can do this. I'm smart. And I don't think people should profile themselves about whether they went to college or not, or maybe, oh, my resume is no good. I've been job hopping, but hey, maybe you were seeking better and better opportunities. You knew what fit or not. I think we have to stop judging ourselves and just say, hey, I am doing this. I got the confidence. I know this will solve a problem. And I have that affirmation. Keep, keep going. And it's very inspirational, your story. Thanks. So any last thoughts for people that are listening? There could be many different people listening to this podcast. There could be CEOs of companies, other experts in my network, aspiring C-suite leaders. Your journey in what you do is amazing. You've got an amazing website. Any last closing thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah. So last year I wrote a book. It's called Owning the Weight. And in the book, I, I do share my story. And I share my story about business and my story about my my relationship with food. So the book is about owning the weight in life. Anything good that you want, you have to own the weight and it's part of the process. So it's walking through that journey. It's addressing, you know, that, like I said, that fixed mindset, those false narratives that I was speaking to myself are baloney and I had to overcome them. And how did I do that? So I, in my book, I created a a seven step framework of how you can shift your mindset and how you can apply that to your career your marriage or your nutrition, you know? And, and so when I wrote this book, I really wrote it for our customers because over the 20 years I've been in this health and fitness industry, I've just seen so many people struggle with their nutrition and they have such a wrong perspective on the approach. It's the approach they're taking. They want to do a diet. They want to like set a weight loss goal and like be here by a date. It's like, just because you're tied to a number. You're not tied to like making an, a true change in your life. And like that applies to anything you're really trying to change. And there was times in my life when I was trying to not have anxiety and then trying to trust, trust God that I could start another business. And then trusting that, you know, if I ate whole foods in portion control that were balanced, like I could be healthy, you know? So I, I share all like the mental warfare that was going on in my head. And my hopes is that when people read the book, they they can resonate with what I'm saying and connect with some part of my story or my message and correlate it back to their life to help them gain a new perspective. That is my hope from the book, Owning the Weight, which uh, pre-sales are going to be up on my website. My website is jilliantedesco.co, just C-O, um, or you can go to the Fit Flavors website. So I believe, depending on this podcast release, the pre-sales will start in March at some point inspiring story. I am just jazzed that I found you, got to know you, as well as bring your story forward. It was inspirational and highly energizing to me. So I just want to wish you continued success and thank you for being just an amazing guest. Thank you so much for having me. It was a fun conversation. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. 
If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.